You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends, a Q1 Network production. Hi, I'm Deb. I'm here with my husband, Mike, the host of Mike Seminary and Friends. And I was just reading your little background on your next guest. Janiel Gibson. And he works at YouthWorks. In Fargo. He's doing wonderful things with kids, primarily through basketball. He has a program called Beyond the Game, and he's just doing wonderful things for kids in that community. Awesome. YouthWorks is a great, great organization. I'm anxious to learn more. Welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends. You know, I I look for needle movers to interview on Mike Seminary and Friends. And just the other day, I was talking to a guy, his name is Dave, and along with a friend of his, Jose, they spent part of Sunday in Watts. And Watts in L.A. is maybe one of the more challenging communities in the country. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of despair. There's a lot of people that are just desperate. And Dave and Jose went in to work with kids, you know, because in that part of the country or that part of the city, Watts, kids instinctively know when they hear a gunshot, they hit the ground. Nobody has to teach them. They just know it. So if it weren't for folks that go in and work with kids, the future of our country, you know, what, what are we, what are we expecting, right? Well, I'm, and they're going to come on, by the way. I'm really lucky this morning to have a, a fellow that I learned about when Deb and I were in Florida, my good friend, Tasha Carvel. I'm watching this interview with this guy, Janelle Gibson, and I'm seeing what he's doing in the town where I grew up. And I said to myself, I have got to get a hold of this guy. He's originally from Stockton, California, which has a whole host of challenges for young people, too. So he knows the deal. Janiel Gibson, welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends. It's great to see you. How are you? Mike, great to see you as well. I'm doing well. Doing well this Wednesday morning, man. That's good to hear. Wednesdays are weird days, aren't they? Yeah, it is. It's a little funky. of the week. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how to feel about it, you know. You don't know how to go and do I crash? You know, do I... Can continue this boost of energy to take me to Friday through the weekend. I don't know. Play it week by week, you know. Yeah, and you're in a deal where you get your energy drained a lot for for you know for a lot of different reasons, a lot of different ways. We'll talk about that. Janelle is a youth advocate and a program and outreach coordinator for YouthWorks North Dakota, which is an organization that is really near and dear to me and big in my heart and my wife's too, by the way. And we'll talk a little about the history of it in a minute. But the first thing I'm curious about, Janelle, is how did a fellow from Stockton mm. find a map that said Fargo, North Dakota, and said, that's where I got to go? Because a lot of people kind of don't say, I'm going to Fargo. No, never, never, never. Uh, for love, for love. So uh, I moved out here. I moved out here with my lady. Um she convinced me. No, she didn't convince me. I had a. I went to school in Canada, so we, we had drove through Fargo actually plenty of times going to some games in the States. Uh, stopped at West Acres, I don't know how many times, and never would I have imagined that we would have moved out here. But uh, she was like, hey, I'm, she went to MSUM. 
And she's like, I think I'm going to take a job in Fargo. Um, how would you like to, you know, leave the the madness of Stockton, California, you know, come out here for a while? So I said, absolutely. You know, my son was a, uh, I don't mean to ramble, but my son, he, he kind of got exposed to a lot of things um, back at home uh, that I wasn't really too happy about as a parent. Um, you know, like, like you were talking about the two gentlemen and Watts, um, Stockton is very similar. Some things just happen, you know, that are out of your control. You know, you can pr- try to provide this greatest safety network, but, you know, only so many people, you know, you can't stop somebody from shooting a gun or you can't, you know, stop these different things from happening. So my son saw a lot of things and I thought that it would be a great opportunity to show him something different um, than that, than that reality. So he is loving it out here. He's at peace. Um, even his speech, his speech got better. Uh, he's not like rushed to talk. He's not so antsy. These are just little different things I've seen as a parent. Sorry for rambling. My bad, man. Oh, yeah, this way. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Now, the back to the love thing. Yeah. She, you, you, your love, your partner, your wife, not sure what mm. to call her, but yeah. she graduated from, I call it Moorhead State, because that's yeah. my alma mater, by the way. Yeah. My MSUM. And I went on Facebook to ask to be your friend, because when I push this out, mm. I, I want to be able to you know, help each other in terms of social media. And I saw this picture of you Hmm. with, uh, and it looked like it was in the Fargo theater, a place I spent a lot of time in as a kid and with this handsome young fellow next to you and this uh, beautiful woman to your right. Mm -hmm. Is that the one that you, the love that brought you here? Well, short, short one. Yeah. Yeah, So then you're really smart too, because she, she's gorgeous. Good move. (laughs) And I'm glad you're here. (laughs) <laughs> how did you find how did you find youth works um there was a lady in the community here mariah prusia she does a lot of personal training um and she i don't know if you ever heard of mpx fitness right yeah she's been on i love her mariah's dope right mariah's super dope she works <laughs> with the kids a lot um but my lady well i think she still is actually doing some personal training for mariah right now um but mariah was like you know what i know pretty much who Janilla is, what he likes to do. I know this organization, YouthWorks, and I think they're hiring. He should apply. And then I applied. Before that, I was at Boys and Girls Club um, working in their youth program there. Um, and then I applied for YouthWorks, and then that was it from then on. Uh, i working with that organization since then. 2019, I believe. I think I was here for like a month. I was only in North Dakota for a month, and I started working at YouthWorks. So it was just kind of crazy how fast things happened. But well, Melanie Heitkamp, Executive Director of YouthWorks, person I just love for so many reasons. I love that whole family. She speaks very highly of you and what you're doing, and we're going to get into that. But this wasn't new to you. You you were doing something similar. You were working with youth in Stockton before yeah. you, you, you found your way east, right? Yeah, correct. Um, had been working at a – this is a Lord's Gym City Center is what it was called primarily a gym, but they also had a lot of awesome youth programs out of there. Uh, one of those programs was an AAU travel basketball team. Um, so in that area where we were located, it was in North Stockton. Um, I think we were right off West Lane. Uh, but the area was just, it was a little rough in some patch and some patches and portions. Um, so youth were facing similar things that I, I faced too growing up, which mostly was like that identity crisis, right? Because um, you have this city center in the middle of a hood and everybody is telling you they're like, you know, stay encouraged, 
you know, don't follow, don't pay attention to the streets, all the, all this stuff, um, you know, for two to three hours a day. But the reality is there's 24 hours in a day. So for the other 21 hours, you know, you are in the streets and that's just is what it is. You don't have the financial stability to move to uh, Brookside or all these different places in Stockton that may get you out of there. So um, that was the primary target audience we were working with was youth that were just stuck in the cycle, whether that was gang violence, uh, poverty, uh, lack of opportunity. So um, that was what the team was comprised of. And that was uh, that really, you know, before that, been working. I, you know, I grew up in the church, so we worked in the community, you know, doing a lot of things. Um, but that was like, I don't know, that one really uh, touched me uh, really different. Just being a young man, also growing up, wanting to do sports. Um, I felt, you know, that same energy. You want to play sports, but it's like you also want to live, too. And you're thinking about how do I not die today? And that's the reality of it. How do I stay alive, you know, after school? Um, and then how do I play basketball, right? Those are two very different different thought processes going on. So that was the that was the challenge there, which was to keep the youth focused on basketball, but then also have those real conversations like, hey, man, I know I'm not here. I'm not here with you 20 hours a day. So I know I'm only here with you four hours a day and we talk about basketball, but what else can I do for that other 20 hours that can pull you away from, the streets are completely away from making this decision that will really cost you your life today. So that was basketball is basketball is just a finite thing. Um, sports are, what are these? They're awesome, but they're finite things. Um, the biggest thing is just being there, you know, just like being on your phone, being present. Somebody texts you and says, Hey, I need some, can you pick me up? Um, you don't, it's, you go, you go out of your way and they, they quote unquote unprofessional. Right. Um, but it's saving a life. So. Janiel, thanks so much for sharing that. And I have a couple of takeaways and we'll get to be on the game in a second. But, you know, it's really easy for us to sit in Bismarck or, or Fargo or any one of the somewhat idyllic communities across the country, but particularly up in the upper Midwest where we're really fairly removed mm. from the kinds and scale of activity in a Stockton or Watts or South Chicago, wherever it is, right? Because that's on the news a lot more. Mm. But the reality is we still have precious kids in our local communities exactly. where it might not be the same level but they're exposed to the same stuff. They might have a fractured home, might mm -hmm. be a single parent that's working two or three jobs, might not have a good role mentor, uh, role model or mentor in the house. Uh, they might not have dependable meals on a daily basis. They, they, they might have all sorts of disadvantages that I haven't experienced or maybe you haven't. Mm -hmm. And what you just said, here's how. here's what I heard. It's a community deal. Mm -hmm. We have a community responsibility, and not that anybody's shrugging it, but we probably could do a better job. Yeah. And it's not just up to Janiel Gibsons, who's a youth advocate and program outreach coordinator for a wonderful organization, YouthWorks, who's doing a great job. There, we could do a better job as community. And just you don't have to say anything. I just want you to know that that's what I heard. And that meant a lot to me hearing it from you. So thanks. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Well, I got to take away from what you said. And I think you touched on something that a lot of people, even from Stockton, don't think about. And I know I didn't think about it coming from Stockton is, 
you know, well, the phrase I like to always go by is a hood is a hood is a hood. So uh, a hood, you know, a hood in Stockton, right, for as problematic as it may be and heightened. Um, Fargo has some hoods as well. Right. Bismarck has some hoods as well that affect different communities, like you said, and people in different ways that may be slightly different from Stockton or slightly different from Watts. But nonetheless, somebody is underserved. So that was an eye opener for me moving to North Dakota. You know, you know, I ain't no bad neighborhoods in North Dakota. Come to find out there is. And you know, <laughs> they have the same exact needs in Stockton. So that was a takeaway I had from you saying that. I appreciate that. A lot of people. Daniel, I'm a former city commissioner mayor, hmm. worked a lot with cops, uh, did ride alongs with cops. Our daughter is a cop in Fargo. You're probably going to at some point in time meet her because I think she's reaching out to youth works as we speak, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so I have, I have somewhat mm. of a handle and a knowledge of what you just said. We, 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 we got some work to do. Let's put it that way. More than somewhat, you know, <laughs> yeah. All right. Beyond the game. Yeah. T- tell me more about beyond the game. Cause it's not just about basketball. Mm. Tell me about the program, how you started it, what it's doing, who's involved and how we can help. Gotcha. Uh, so beyond the game uh, was something is something that is derivative of the type of work I was doing in Stockton, uh, which was, you know, I was sort of limited with just basketball then, um, but with working with YouthWorks and being connected with so many different service providers and you know social workers and all these different professionals in one office, we can take it further than just basketball. So same concept. There's youth that we need to engage. Um, you growing up, myself growing up, picture yourself as a kid, you know, how the heck am I going to get your attention? Uh, you know, we try educational approaches. Some kids, you know, really value education, but um, let's just think about being a natural human being here. What's entertaining music, sports, uh, art, right. Different forms to engage people's attention. So I think beyond the game really takes the scope of right using basketball and athletics as a means to like draw youth attention, um, and then do it in a positive manner, bring people in, um, around positive professionals that are going to, you know, give the encouragement, you know, say all the right things. Right. But then beyond that, uh, it goes further to like connecting the actual services. So there's youth in our community who want to play basketball, basketball, travel, basketball is very expensive. Um, so beyond the game, one of those things that it, it takes the, I guess the worry and the, the financial burden off the family is providing a free training and free travel basketball experience. So that's the first thing that beyond the game does, but Beyond just doing basketball, um, it also takes the like the burden from getting getting youth connected with services, which is probably the biggest thing that I've seen with doing BTG or Beyond the Gate. Uh, excuse me, is going past basketball and really figuring out the needs of the kids in the program. So, and we have a lot of kids who struggle with you know finding meals on a daily basis, uh, or you know doing getting their job application and doing a resume. Uh, their parents might be struggling with, we have a lot of, you know, parents that are coming from um, other countries. So we got a lot of families that are first generation, you know, Americans. So getting connected with like social security, um, right. Medical um, DMV, all these different systems that, you know, me and you know how to operate. There's a lot of families that, you know, just don't, there's a language barrier that persists There's a cultural barrier. So that's the other part is getting youth connected, getting families connected with services and having the professionals at youth works to help them do that. So it's the basketball, the service provider 
And then there's the mental health and wellness component as well, um, which is, you know, really looking at, and another program that ties directly into this, I don't know if you heard about it, is the program that Frederick Edwards and myself also started, which is the Mojo Writing Workshops. So getting youth connected, you know, to like really expressing themselves um, and being empathetic towards others in their group and their community. Um, and how we do that is we created a curriculum actually for that. So we have youth go to that curriculum as well. Um, and then even past that, it's just connecting them to other professionals in the community that are already working in that mental health and wellness uh, sector and field. So it's the basketball service provider, mental health and wellness. And then we take the community service approach as well, um, which is another like a part of the, the four pillars really of BTG. Um, so those three, the community service aspect is once again, going beyond basketball um, and getting youth, right? So after we work on ourselves and we fix all of our internal issues, um, whether that's just me being a straight up jerk, because that's all I knew um, growing up was my parents were a jerk to me. So I'm a jerk to everybody else. So we, we go through that on the team. Um, I call that, we like to call that, uh, what was it? It's like, because we, we use a big van to pick up kids and transport everybody to practices and community service events or whatever. So I think, wow, what do we call it? It was like van therapy or something where a lot of that takes place where we're having these real life conversations about let's how to not be how to not continue the trauma that we experience and put that on other people. Um, but there's that part. Then the community service aspect is probably the you know one of the biggest deals to me. Um, once we make all these internal changes and we can work together as a team. All right. Let's take that same positivity and unity that we've established here and let's take that out in the community and be these liaisons of hope. Um, so I want like youth to shine at their school. I want them to shine in the community. I want them to shine, you know, in every sector and facet of life and to do it together. And then that that way they can drop those same seeds that we drop in them. They can drop those in other kids who may not be interested in sports. They may be interested in playing Fortnite, whatever. But they had an interaction with a BTG athlete um, and it led to them not committing suicide that day. And that's how serious I take it, um, because we literally hear those comments every single day that a kid is contemplating committing suicide because of the pressure that they're feeling at school or at home. So if the kids we train in BTG can be like those same just energies of light, right. That can go say, Hey man, I see you having a bad day. Um, what's up? How can I help you? Something so simple. And if they picked up those seeds from a BTG practice or from doing community, whatever, doing whatever with us, then I think mission accomplished. Um, honestly, I really, really do. I really do. Because like you said, it's just one Janil. But if we got a team of, you know, 20 kids, 50 kids, whatever, with the same like-minded mindset, which is, I want kids to be the exact same as me. But as far as like, you know, seeing you, right, seeing Mike and being able to be empathetic with Mike and seeing what's going on and not just overlooking Mike, you know, I see you every day, but I don't say anything to you. Or I might see you once, I might see you, you know, outside crying. Right. And not laughing, not making fun of you, not getting, but actually being a real human, human being that that's the goal. That's the community part. That's really what my own selfishness. That's what I'm striving for, um, for myself every day. And then, but for the group, for the kids we work with, that's, that's it. Danielle, where did you learn that? Who, who was your old role model? Where, where did you get the model for this? You know, you know, the, the I think the, the saying is it takes a village, right? So I, there's not one particular person I can point to. My mom was awesome. Um, my dad was a hippie. Uh, you know, my grandma, very wise. I had a youth pastor, Pastor James, who he did the same thing uh, with me. He just spent time with me. And uh, he gave me a lot of life lessons as well. Uh, you know, aunties, uncle, Auntie Trina, Uncle Rufus. 
Uncle Earl. I'm, so many different people I can name that are just like, I just was like, you know what? That's great info. That's great wisdom. Oh, wow. You know, I saw how they did that with that person. And this person was having a, a hard time. This person was contemplating suicide. This person was going through this. And I saw the way my uncle, you know, spoke to this person and didn't judge my uncle, my my, my auntie and uncle are, uh, my uncle is a bishop in Stockton. My auntie's an associate pastor. And I love the way that they practice their spirituality and religion. Um, it was very non-judgmental, uh, non-traditional, where people were coming to the church dressed a certain way or, you know, saying certain things. And I just watched how they loved them nonetheless. Um, as a kid, I would just sit back and look at that and say, wow, now that is really different from anything I've heard about, you know, how we should be doing this religion. Uh, and it was just genuine love. So take all those lessons of genuine love i think that's what we're really here for as human beings uh, like if i die today i can't take and my iphone's not gonna come with me this desk that i bought uh from hobby lobby can't go with me but i think the love that we literally that we leave here i think that's what's going to transcend like universal time so that's that's my like i guess personal ideology is all i can leave behind is love or hate people might remember the hate um, but I think that love is going to really stick, you know, forever. So I could end this right here, right now. What you just said sums it all up, but I'm not going to because I have a <laughs> question. Here's what I just heard, by the way. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what that's what I heard from mm-hmm. y- you and your family. So tell us more about you. And by the way, thanks for not saying mm-hmm. what sometimes we are expecting to hear, oh, we're dealing with kids that are falling through the cracks and all that, right. you know, kids that are at risk. You're right. just talking about kids as people and humans and need love and affection and caring and attention. Thank you. Mike, so I, hate, I hate that, Mike. I'm yeah. sorry, I don't mean to go up with the, the, at, the at-risk thing. You know, in reality, we're all at risk, right? Um Geez, yeah, these kids that we work with, they are at risk. You know, they're at risk for a lot of different things. But I don't want to put any labels on kids because I feel like that really that really stops what they can accomplish. Um, what if I didn't say at risk and I said uh, I'm working with future doctors or I'm working with future engineers, right? I you know completely switch the narrative or just change it up because words are so powerful. So mm-hmm. just to put at risk youth, it, it's gonna you know it's put them under an umbrella which I get it. I, I know for funding purposes, just nationwide at risk, it just keys a certain interest. Like we're helping kids. Right. Um, but that's something also maybe a 50 year plan that uh, me, like I said, personally, I want to work to switch around, which is we don't need to put labels on people or kids to help them. We can just be human beings and help them because Mike, you probably, even you being from uh, North Dakota, Fargo, we've probably went through some similar struggles too, and made some similar mistakes and we're both human beings. And we don't need a label to describe those mistakes we made. They just were a mistake. Some mistakes, thanks. more. Yeah, thanks again. We're, you are, by the way, you you are dealing and working with future doctors, future engineers, yeah. future teachers, five future pastors. I think in the beginning I said, we're talking about our kids, which are our future. This is our future we're talking about. So tell us more about YouthWorks mm-hmm. and how long the uh, Beyond the Game has been going on. How many kids you have in it? What's the season like? That 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 kind of, that's a whole lot to throw at you, but go for it. Gotcha. So YouthWorks, I'll give you the 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 quick spiel. YouthWorks is a nonprofit agency that uh, helps at risk again. Well, I mean, it is what it is. At risk, trafficked, and homeless youth. 
um, in the state of North Dakota, Minnesota as well. Um, so, you know, the, the youth works mission is, it's pretty expansive. I would say it's pretty big, right? Cause we've got so many different programs that encompass so many different struggles that people are going through, whether it's our shelter program, human trafficking, um, our street outreach program, there's something at youth works that can, I mean, literally like be in every facet of life in Fargo, uh, North Dakota, West Fargo, whatever areas we're active in, uh, there's a program like to help something. So, um, yeah, youth works is awesome. I, I haven't seen, geez, I haven't seen anything like that. I don't know what the heck was going on. Uh, somebody's like kicking in a door or something. Hope everybody's all right. But, uh, Except we want to play basketball. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but uh, hope everybody's all right. I thought somebody was dribbling a basketball somewhere. Just you know, that's what it sounded like to me. Boom, boom, on this boom, side, boom. I think somebody is like banging something <laughs> like a four. I don't know, but that's what YouthWorks is. Um, and then as far as BTG, um, this is kind of interesting story. As the genesis at YouthWorks, uh, I was coaching another team here in, in Fargo, Safe Basketball, which was started by uh, Coach Reed um same we worked with the same audience right which is primarily primarily african african african-american youth in the city of fargo north dakota i think it was like the only like one of the only travel teams that was all african and african-american youth out here so um that is you know what i was doing at first and then i wanted to continue that after coach reed left and moved to florida there was still this group of kids excuse me um that wanted to play travel basketball that wanted to get training um, but they couldn't afford it. And that just is what it is. So me working at YouthWorks and having some tools available to me, i.e. A, a van and, uh, you know, just a supportive team, um, I started to toss around the idea of, hey, what if we had our own, you know, travel basketball team at YouthWorks? And there's so many things going on always at YouthWorks, a lot of moving pieces all the time, that at first it started with, you know, me just picking up kids in the van and taking them to the YMCA, right, and doing some drills there, doing some training. Um, but the youth engagement started to pick up and it went from like six kids to like 20, you know, in a matter of months. And then now we're at, if I look at the spreadsheet, I think we're at like 47 kids wow. that are engaged, interactive with BTG, uh, both male and female um, youth. So right now we have two travel teams, a 15U and a 16U travel team, and they both have about 11 kids on them, which is uh, about three to four more youth um, on a team than usual. There's usually only about seven to eight kids on the travel team, but I'm just trying to open it up and let the most amount of kids get that experience um, on that team. So that's where we're at right now. That's where we could afford full expansion though. And these are only two male teams. So I feel a little misogynistic because there definitely are, uh, you know, some young ladies that really want to play basketball as well. Um, they just need a little more training, I think, to get to really get into those, those tournaments. But that's what we're working towards as well. It's like full expansion, four teams to cover all age groups, 14, 15, 16, 17, both male and female. So that's the full layout. But right now we just have the two travel teams. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's where we're at. We practice three times a week to our practices. Um, yeah, they're working their bus off. Okay. The improvement from where they started to now is, is, excuse me, it's really night and day. We had kids that, you know, really didn't know how to shoot, didn't know how to do anything, didn't know how to play organized basketball that are, you know, leaders on their actual school team now. So went from <laughs> playing street ball to, you know, playing, you know, actual regulation basketball and, and succeeding. So we're doing awesome. I'm going to ask you about cost in a minute, but I'm just curious, when you were growing up and maybe still today, were you a basketball player? 
Yeah, basketball, boxing, crowd, everything. Okay, good yeah. athlete. I was all right. Okay, I was all right. So tell us what it costs for the mm-hmm. kids to be involved. But from from for the kid, not youth race. Tell me what it costs for the kid. Okay, got you. Oh, for the youth to be involved in these programs, yeah. absolutely cost free. So what they cost free, financial free, no payment. Um, that's a huge burden that uh, I wanted to make sure was not there. Because if I, if you want to do, if you want to, you want to do anything in life, it seems like you got to pay for it, which is going to limit if I'm a parent, even for myself, you know, there's some things I can't do for my son. You know, I just don't have the financial, you know, wherewithal to do it. So I'm like, Ethan, you know, I can't get you into an engineering program this month, but maybe next year I can. Um, so same thing for, I can have, I can play for basketball, but same thing for these kids who just want to play basketball. Um, they couldn't afford a gym membership. So that's one thing that we relieved with our YMCA passes. Uh, now we can get everybody into the gym and definitely couldn't afford, you know, a thousand dollars to play on a travel team every single year. Um, you know, it was a hard no from a lot of parents. So completely cost-free, but they do pay in community service. So no, no, like I said, no funds, no fees um, from youth, but we do require a quarterly community service and community engagement events. So, so let's talk about those two things and let's separate them. We'll, we'll, yep. The financial piece, which costs youth works. Okay. Because there's an investment there. But let's right. first talk about the investment the kids have to make mm. in community service and projects. Go over the hours again. And then how can how can we, the right. listeners and community participants, help the kids with that obligation? Got you. So... Every three months, um, the youth on the team are required to do like put our brains together um, and do a community service project, which is different from community engagement. So our community service projects may be like maybe as simple as for a week or for two weeks um, out of the quarter, we will organize YouthWorks drop-in center, right? Or right now we're working with a Legacy Children's Foundation. So we're going to have some youth go over to their like bike facility shop where they work on these broken bikes and then they donate them back to people in the community. We're going to offer about 10 youth per week, um, you know, because bringing 40 kids to work on bikes would be too much. So we'll do about 10 youth per week to help out um, just build bikes, you know, for a month and then donate those back bikes back to the community. So there's just, you know, little different projects that we game plan with with the team and say, you know, does this opportunity sound like a good one? Does this one sound like a good one for us to do as a team? And then we go do it every quarter. Um, community engagement looks a little bit different. Um, that's not necessarily getting out and serving. That's just being a part of a community event, uh, like a learning experience, if you will. So uh, we had the honor um, of being able to attend and walk with our indigenous brothers and sisters on the missing and murdered indigenous day. And I believe, I forgot what month that was exactly, um, but huge learning experience um, for our audience on our team, which is primarily African and African-American youth um, to be able to walk side by side with our indigenous brothers and sisters and hear the different sentiments, the different teachings, um, the different lessons, right. And be able to like be empathetic um, towards some of the struggles going on in their communities and not an empathy you know, implies, you know, a shared sense of understanding. So there are some things that the indigenous community, you know, is feeling um, that also our African-American community has felt before too. So it was like being able to connect those dots and connect those lines and still see each other as sisters and brothers, um, nonetheless, sisters and brothers in the struggle and in triumph. So um, that was an awesome opportunity for them to see and for them to do the, 
oh, I'm going to butcher the name of it. And it's crazy because I actually do this at my house. But uh, just for them to take part in some of the traditions, some of the indigenous traditions was pretty cool to see. So that's engagement, learning about a different culture, learning about a different part of your community. But yeah. how can hmm. our listeners and followers help? First of all, where should they go if they want to connect with you? And then how can we specifically help? to provide those types of opportunities for the youth. Gotcha. So where you can go, you can go straight to the YouthWorks uh, website, which I believe is youthworksnd.org. Um, and then they'll have like a donate now. Um, right now there's a Facebook on YouthWorks Facebook. There's a fundraiser going for BTG, uh, hoping to raise 10,000 for the travel fees and everything this year. Um, so you can check that out as well and, and donate directly to that Facebook post. And it should be like one of the first ones on the Facebook, on the YouthWorks Facebook page. Um, there's that way. Or if you just want to be like, hey, I got some shoes or I got some basketballs. I got some I got some time. I got whatever. Um, you can just call the YouthWorks Fargo office and say and, you know, you tell Nancy, who was her name. I got this for a BTG. How do I get a hold of Janil or how do I get a hold of whoever on the team? And it's just that simple. Um, like I said, um, funds, like financial, financial aspects, money is absolutely needed. Um, but everything else far and in between, like for sports or basketball is needed as well. Um, because right now it's, like I said, it'd be a lot easier. Like if, obviously, you know, for teams that charge, you know, players, it's a lot easier to like promise tournaments and, promise all these different things for youth to do. But, you know, when you're like sort of scratching, you know, for funds and looking for it, it gets tough um, to, you know, just do things. So um, we're looking for all the help we can possibly get. You know, thank God we have gotten help. So, you know, we were able to promise four tournaments for the youth. But if you average out, you know, a regular travel ball basketball season, teams are doing like 12 to 18 tournaments over that time span. And we're at four. I think our goal is 12. Um, for this season. So that's what we're, we're looking for. Yeah. Again, that's youthworksnd.org. We'll also put that on uh, mikeseminary.com. Help, help me with this in terms of the collaboration and um, the appreciation piece that you provide and other folks at uh, YouthWorks. When when you're working with youth, our future, mm. whatever their background, whatever they're coming from, how do you figure out how to collaborate, how to appreciate them, and then encourage at the same time? Is that instinctive or there's a specific program in addition to beyond mm. the game that you're a part of? Uh, you know, to be honest, it's mostly instinctive. I've done a lot of trainings, uh, a lot of classes. And like I always say, experience is the best way to, you know, teach and train. So I think that's just a part of my upbringing. Um, like growing up in Stockton, just really knowing how to like, you really is kind of going to sound pretty crappy, but you got to really know how to talk to people, A, to like gauge the situation, because how you handle it in certain areas really could be like life or death for you, your family or your friends. So, um, and for them too, right? If somebody is like going through a bad, you know, we have a, our population of Stockton is very interesting, just like Fargo. So if somebody's going through an extremely bad day and you can tell and they're like at wit's end, like they don't care about their own life and yours. You can't just go into that situation like 
you know, willy nilly, as I like to say, and just, you know, come with your own persona and you need to do this and you need to do that and get right. You got to really be able to like ingratiate yourself with their struggle and see what's going on. So I think that upbringing um, just in, you know, growing up in my life really helps out with like removing whatever judgment barriers I have in my own mind for the kids. Right. And being like, you know what, you, you're acting this way because, you know, this is your decision. You did that, whatever, um, which is not the case. You know, how, what do you, what are you really after with the, with our future? Do you want to help grow them or do you want to make them be just like you? And I don't want anybody mm-hmm. to be just like me. I don't want anybody to be just like you. I want them to be the best, the best they can be for themselves. Um, so it's really just asking questions about, that's really what I do. I just ask questions about what's going on, you know, in here and in here internally, you know, how are you feeling? What are you thinking about mm-hmm. this situation? And then keeping them, you know, with adults, sometimes we have this, perspective that we know everything but sometimes the best teachers like you said are the future and they have the answers inside of them you just have to ask the question and then give them space to talk so i'll let i'll let a lot of kids at practices take lead you know because these kids as far as basketball goes they know they watch a lot of basketball they know what the heck is going on they watch college basketball they watch all this stuff so it's like creating those opportunities to create leaders so i'll ask the question right if we're doing a play um i'll be like you know what how do y'all, how do you guys think we should do this? You think it could, you think we can create more space? Um, you know, if you set this screen over here, or you tell me, you tell me how the how the game is being played on the court, because you're the ones actually playing. So it's allowing them even that space to coach too. And then they get to hear their own voice, you know, and take that initiative and take that pride. Um, just letting it out. So you gotta let the future, you gotta let kids express. That's how I do it. Ask questions, let them express, you'd be surprised with what happens. Jim, here I'm listening to this guy that's positive. You're you're healthy. You look at uh, your your young people in front of you as the, you're a role model. You're an influencer. You're also understanding that they're their own individual, unique individual. Uh, that the struggles that they have, and we all have them. Um, we you have to appreciate those and not. I like how you said willy-nilly. You can't willy-nilly approach it. That, mm. That's a form of situational awareness that you have that you learn it probably growing up in Stockton. And that leads me to this because I'm looking at the brochure that you sent me. Our athletes are phenomenal, multifaceted beings. We uplift youth to be mentally, physically, and emotionally fit for leadership roles in their sport, craft, and community. Boom. That's just absolutely fabulous. That's it. Yeah. That's that, it. Who came up with that? I did. Yeah. I'm talking to the man right here. I am. <laughs> what else do we need to know about you and beyond the game before I ask you two big questions, by the way? Um. I think I was, you know, I don't talk about myself too much. I think I talked about myself enough. Um, but the kids that the kids that we're working with are really, really amazing. That's all I can, that's all I can push. They surprise me every single day. Um, not with their on the court, you know, feats or attributes, but with the changes that they make. I'll give you a quick example. This week, um, we're getting ready, we're gearing up for our first tournament, which is May 6th through the 8th in Minneapolis, right? Um, and I've noticed, and not even just myself, but other people working at Youth Works have noticed that the youth that we work with, specifically in BTG and youth in general in the community, um, are heavily influenced by social media and all the negative aspects that may come with that, right? So you know that some, a negative action 
may garner more attention on social media than somebody doing something positive. If you see somebody smacking somebody in the face, calling somebody other name, that may garner more attention than you than you uplifting somebody, right? So this is a struggle that our kids are facing. This is a struggle that our kids in BTG face is that we tear down each other occasionally. Um, so I had, I had seen, we have group chats and stuff, you know, just to get our information. And I saw that there were two youth that were really bothered by some comments by other kids to the point where they're like, I'm going to quit the team. And I hate it. And, you know, uh, you know, they said some things that were on the, on the verge of, you know, some suicidal ideation. Like they were just about to give up because of the words from other people. And I don't care what anybody says words hurt, you know, and I, the sticks and stones things, I get it, but words, words can play a huge mental or cognitive effect on somebody. So, um, really put in some sentiments of retracting back to what BTG is and what it's about and how we uplift, you know, we're not here to tear down. That's for other teams to do. Like we have to really band together um, here and in this program for this team. That's what we do. So I think we, we were up to about 2 AM, you know, on a school night in our group chat, which probably wasn't the best thing considering school, but we were up to about 2 AM for four hours, having conversations with one another, um, about how we felt about each other's comments and what does it do to us? I mean, honestly, not like this is a real conversation. Like, what does it do to you? How does it make you feel? How does it make you approach going to school the next day and looking at these people? Do you feel more uh, prompt to actually do schoolwork? Are you thinking about what, you know, so-and-so said? Um, are you thinking about, like, does it limit you? Are, are our words limiting each other? And everybody said, yes, you know, I feel uncomfortable even getting in the van sometimes. And people were vulnerable and spoke about these different things about how our words were tearing down each other. And then, you know, we were able to like have some healing in that conversation too. Obviously some apologies, but you know, these are brothers at the end of the day, you know, brothers from a different mother, but the next practice after that was awesome. There was only encouragement. I saw guys that were used to like, you know, breaking down, you know, and even crying sometimes, but when they get too emotionally overwhelmed, um, turn that energy into, uh, you know, just a complete different reaction, you know, from that conversation. Uh, we also do like meditation before practices. So we'll put on frequencies and stuff, turn off all the lights, sit in the circle and focus on different things as well. Um, so doing, you know, having that conversation, meditating together as a group um, and then having that practice, you know, the day after a huge fallout. Um, it really shows me that, you know, these guys are brilliant. Mm -hmm. right? You're brilliant. They're able not to just take words and just, you know, fake apply it and just say, hey, man, I love you. Right. But actually show like love and uplifting, you know, the very next day, which there are a lot of adults that can't do that because they can't, you know, forgive and forget what somebody did. But, you know, a 14 year old kid was able to do that one day and genuinely mean it. That mm -hmm. is that's a huge deal. Neil Gibson, you are something special. I'm telling you, I'm thinking back to when I first met Doug Herzog, the founder of YouthWorks, when I moved over to Bismarck in 85. I think he started it somewhere else around 79 or 80. And, the, and then I was an advocate for YouthWorks in front of the United Way decision makers in terms of who gets funding. And that organization and, uh, has been really special in the heart of my wife and I for a long time. Uh, and then Melanie, of course, Melanie Heitkamp just knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And now, now we have Janil. Uh, Janil, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. And then I'm going to have two more. Do you have somebody on the team right now 
mm-hmm. that you're thinking to yourself, this this person's got some skills. This person is probably going to be starting at high school. This person may be playing at my lady's alma mater someday, or might be playing at NDSU or Concord. Do you have somebody that is starting to show that kind of promise? Everybody. <laughs> you know what I was going to say? Everybody. Everybody. Oh, I love it. Oh, I see it in every, that's what, you know, that's the difference. And I think that's what the kids really resonate with too. Uh, I had coaches as well. And even if I, if I was the kid that the coach was like, hey, man, I see you. I got a lot of faith in you, a lot of promise in you. That always rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, you know, I could see I could see the greatness in everybody on my team, not just myself. Um, so I, I didn't even like those. I didn't like those comments when they were about myself. I didn't like those comments when they were about everybody else, too, because it really creates a, like a spirit of favoritism in the team in which there is none. So I don't care if there's a kid right now that has on, my, on the team BTG that doesn't have a lot of experience, right? Um, and even even the kid's parents was like, yeah, we know he's trash, right? Like, heck, he's not trash. Because, yeah, they actually said it. I was like, wow, you know, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, for myself, I all I could see was things that he could do. I saw things that he couldn't do, obviously. But all, all I could focus on was things that he could do. And for right now, in the right now moment, I was like, how can we get the best out of the things that he mm-hmm. that he can do? The things that he can do, he just can't do right now. That's going to take a couple of years to get those. Um, but I can see where he could be in four to five years, and it could be great. So that's how you get the best out of youth. You you obviously are going to critique what they don't have right now, but there's everybody on my team. If they continue to work hard, actually focus on basketball, um, everybody's not going to make it to the NBA, right? It's, but if everybody does, that'd be crazy at a BTG. That would be crazy. <laughs> I'm going to say that would be wild. But uh, nah, wow. I, I, I see everybody making it to Division One. I. I see everybody playing college basketball. I think they really can mm-hmm. with the improvements they made in a year like that. Mike, if you would have saw them last year. With improving that fast, uh, nah, sky's the, sky's the limit for all those guys and girls. Sky's the limit. Yeah, Janiel, we all know about the guy that was 13 years old, a big kid. Mm. Everybody on the team told him he was crappy. He shouldn't be playing basketball. And then he meets this coach that was, first of all, he was surprised he was only 13 because he's a mountain of a man. And he's the coach would write him a letter, I think almost like every week. And eventually Dale Brown Mm -hmm. asked Shaquille O'Neal if he wanted to come play basketball at LSU. This is a 13-year-old kid that everybody that ever played around him, you were just awful. You have no business Mm -hmm. playing basketball. And it was a bully. Mm -hmm. Well, we know the rest is history, right? Yep. Yep. So he saw the the best in him, just like you're seeing the best in your athletes. Here's a question for you. You have that magic wand that you can wave over the heads of young young folks that might be thinking or already on the wrong path going somewhere. Mm. What do you want them to know about youth works and beyond the game? What do you want those young folks to know? I mean, that there's a, a place. Like, even if you don't, like say we don't talk about btg for a second we just talk about youthworks um youthworks is the name and right the building but the people at youthworks is what really make it so just speaking to the people in youthworks there are folks there that are willing to take the time um just to talk to you and hear your side of things all right and just to hear your voice and have give you a chance to express first 
And then there's people there that can actually help you do the things that you want to do, like the real positive things that you want to do in your life. There's people that, are, that will take the time to help you do them. There's people that will take the time to help you think about those things. If you haven't thought about, I, I actually want to take this positive step in my life. If you're only thinking, I want to kick it with my friends and drink and smoke, um, there's people there to talk you through that, right? Because we've all, and nobody's going to, this is one thing I can appreciate about YouthWorks personnel. Um, the majority, if not all, can be real, right? And not go in there with a high hat and say, I've never drank and smoked in my life when I was a kid. You know, nobody are, you know, people are going to be real with you and say, you know, dude, we've literally all been there before. Right. So we're not telling you this isn't, a, you know, some new information that we're telling you that we never had a practice for ourselves. Like we can use myself as an example or a multitude of other people in this office that you want to talk to. But there's examples of people that went through what you went through. And let's just have a conversation about it first. Mm-hmm. There's people there's people there willing to do that. BTG, okay. there's people there with BTG. You got a group of knuckleheads, knuckleheads as willing to sit there and talk with you as well. Uh, you got some, you got a group of kids, uh, you got some staff, support staff in BTG um, that are above and beyond, above and beyond. Whether it's you know kids calling us at 8 a.m. in the morning saying, "Hey, uh, I need a ride to school. Or I missed the bus." Right? Um, education is such a key part of even being in BTG or being involved in anything positive in your school. Uh, coach, can I get a ride to school? I need to make it to school in order to take this test. There's people there as willing to take that simple step for you too in that program. So all in all, YouthWorks, BTG, Emoja, whatever program um, at YouthWorks, the personnel is what makes it. So that's what I got to say about to Love anybody it. interested in that. Love it. Okay, same magic wand. Now you're going to wave it over the heads of community leaders, people that have the ability, the wherewithal to make a difference in terms of how they invest, whether it's providing projects or opportunities for uh, you know, the youth at YouthWorks and those at Beyond the Game, uh, or they have the financial resources to make a big difference in all sorts of ways. What's, what's the one thing you want them to know about you? I'm gonna give you opportunity to say YouthWorks and Beyond the Game. What do you want them to know? Two things both revolved around people again, because that's why we do this work. It's about people. Uh, first thing, um, there are kids. Like there, there are kids, there are human beings that are here ready that have been like active and involved. Like um, there's still youth in our community that we need to go, that we need to find. We need to see who needs help. But as of right now, um, take just in BTG, there's almost there's almost 50 kids that have been coming. Um, that have been trying and been persisting um, and really working hard that they, I think that they deserve, you know, the world, you know, everything that it has to offer. I think they deserve it. They've been consistent. And that's the main thing that we look for in life. I think not even just with like kids, but being a professional, you look for a consistent, you know, workmates or a consistent manager just to follow through. Um, There's kids that have been following through for over a year, um, a year, like hungry, really hungry just to compete. Um, and that's just a basketball. Yeah. But there's kids that's been consistent with community service. There's been kids that's been consistent with bettering themselves, bettering their family. Um, there's kids that's been consistent with getting jobs, you know, doing their resumes, um, doing way better in school, way better with their behavior. Um, that's made all these advancements for themselves and for their constituents or their friends that like they just want to play basketball in a tournament. So that's what I have to say on the the kid part 
And then as far as the other people part, <clears throat> excuse me, there's the kids and then there's like us, the adults. There's adults that are like there, you know? So whatever help, whatever help that comes in, um, I know for myself, I can assure it, it streamlines like right through us, right back to the kids. So you're not giving, you're not giving to, you know, an agency that if you give a dollar, 70% of that dollar is going to go to some fancy lights or a new car for myself or for whatever it is going right back to these tournament fees for these kids. Um, man, out of, out of my, you know, obviously out of my pocket, other people's pocket, uh, so many different things have been provided, you know, for the kids. So any, anything that comes in where there's community service opportunities, funds, basketballs, um, I, and thank you to whoever else, whoever already has donated. Uh, if they are listening. I don't know. We got some awesome donations of basketballs from, I think it was Moorhead, Moorhead Spuds girls basketball team. They donated basketballs, but anything that comes in is literally right to the kids. So uh, you're giving, you're giving to us, right? Because we're right. The ones that are making the rules and everything. Right. But it, it's not touching. It's going straight to the youth. So I don't know. That's really all. I, uh, I don't know if I got a magic wand. I'm just trying to keep it real. Like that's just where, that's where it goes to. So, um, yeah. Neil, I love you. You're just doing amazing stuff love there. You, you're, you are real. You're a great guy. Uh, Neil Gibson, the youth advocate and program outreach coordinator at youth works in Fargo. You can reach out and make a difference at youthworksnd.org. Thank you so much, Janiel, for what you're doing. You're a difference maker. You're a needle mover. You're, you're working with our future, our kids. Uh, I love how you don't focus on you. You focus on them and the outcome. And God bless you. And thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your, your time. You're, you're a special guy. Thank you for having me on, Mike. Real you have man. a good day. You as well. You have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.